Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Unboxed. I'm your host, David, and uh, today we are going to be doing an episode on capitalism and whether it's the best system for um, Black people and Black communities to build wealth. But before we jump in, um, I just want to remind everyone to subscribe to us on YouTube or follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whether you're watching or listening. And um, also, you can definitely help us out with a five-star rating and review for the podcast. Um, and so before we jump in, I just want to introduce each member of our esteemed panel today. So we have Koswa. And we have Pauline. Hi. And we have Nene. Hey, everyone. Okay, so basically the, the first question that I want to ask right off the bat is, who here wants to become a billionaire? Me. Well, Me. I'm ready. You're already. I don't think billionaire. <laughs> no, do you want it's not about whether or not you become. Do you want to become a billionaire, period? Yes. Nope. Do you mean billionaire in the sense of billionaire or like could it be like very wealthy, like a millionaire? Just billionaire. Just Sorry. billionaire. <laughs> What's the difference? Like I don't think I want to be a billionaire, but I think I I definitely want to be a millionaire. So you want to be very wealthy. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I don't think I want to re reach billions. I feel like it's too much stress when it gets to that point. Mm. I don't think I even want to be in the millions. Like, no, I feel like it's, it's, yeah, it's too much stress. Lots of people will be in your business, and I'm not someone that can deal with lots of people in my business. Mm -mm. You'd be like, eat the rich, and then I'll be the people they want to eat. No, thank you. Want, yeah. <laughs> so, Nene, why do you want to be a billionaire? I think if you if you are a billionaire you actually get to direct um a lot of the traffic you get to make a lot of the decisions you get to actually influence and so it's not really like the world is run by money and so i want to be able to make or influence decisions and actually in the end donate a lot of that money so i feel like you need to actually have that power right be on a bezos um, you know, Elon Musk level to act, to effect change, right? So yeah, that's what. Okay, so so you think that black people in general, and I, this is a question for everyone, but do you do we feel that black people should aspire to become billionaires? Yes, because I think if you do, it's like you aspire to improve your standard of living and your quality of life, and then you can impact your community, right? Um, I think that the, the starting point is you, and then you go outward. And you can bring a lot of people along with you when you have the money and you have the influence, right? So you shouldn't block, you, you act as like a, you remove blockers, more or less. That's, that's how I see it. Right? I think like black people should, before like shooting for billionaire, which, which is great, I think, you know, you should, shoot to like aspire to to want to like better yourself in terms of gaining more wealth but i think like there's other issues right now that we're dealing with that we that can help us get to that level of getting more wealth so 
things like starting with like family um, dynamics, things like or, or um, education, um, um, female like the the women's movement, like things like that. I feel like need to also be more um, on par with like the wanting to get to a millionaire or billionaire status because once you get there if you're not for those other things like once you have all that power you're not going to use it for what really we need to to build a strong community you're just going to squander i i feel in my opinion you're going to squander and to even get there i feel like a lot of these billionaires have had to do a lot of things that were against our community and Probably even against their community a little bit, you know, in terms of social um, things. So it, it's it's hard for me to be like, yeah, everyone needs to aspire to that because you probably need to cut some corners, step on a few toes, and climb up to that level. Yeah, no, like regardless of the social like burden of family, friends, community, you like as a black person, you should aspire to be a billionaire or millionaire. And you shouldn't have that weight on your shoulder, I feel, because the thing is white people don't have that. They get to be individuals. They don't always have to live for their communities. And you can't, as a person or as black people, by virtue of our cultures, we're already socialists. Like we already have that sort of component to like, our individual aspirations. So you're not going to be a completely heartless, selfish black billionaire. You're always going to end up giving back to your community. Maybe it's like, it's very idealistic for, of me to say that, but I feel like there's always that component. And when we keep on doing that to the black billionaires or the rich people that we have, we tear them down because we hold them to all these standards that other races may not necessarily have. And then we we sort of tear down the people that we wanted them to become if that makes sense we don't give them enough like leeway to do all the things that they need to do to get to these positions that white people get to do white people don't have to worry about what this community is saying about them white people don't need to worry about cancel culture yo jeff bezos how many times has man been canceled and he's still making his billions like you get me we put a lot of identity weight on our people and we prevent them from doing as well as they should because we feel like, oh, if you're Black, your wealth needs to be attached to you helping your community. Your wealth needs to be like um, a byproduct of your help to your community. Why can't it be the other way around? Like, Because we're people first and unfortunately Black second. That's my opinion. Uh, I, I like that you started talking in terms of um, race, race, race and um, you know, those identifiers, because I actually think that um, capitalism as a system was built on and continues to be sustained by exploitation and inequality. So someone accumulating billions, to me, did not accumulate those billions without taking it and hoarding that wealth, you know? So Bezos, for example, he's exceedingly wealthy, but I believe that he did certain things and continues to maintain certain systems which keep millions of people in poverty or at low income. So when we think about how capitalism came to be, for example, think about the impact and the continued, the, first of all, the influence of slavery in funding a lot of um, the institutions of capitalism and then 
um, neocolonial um, practices that continue to maintain those systems. Why should Black people continue to chase or you know, attain wealth within those systems instead of trying to build new systems? For example, when you talk about Khosra that when you're Black, you're, you, know, you gaining wealth is usually tied to you having to help others in your community. I actually think that should be the norm, regardless of who you are, that we do need to, the only way that we all achieve you know, the type of um, economic freedom that we were chasing is by each us helping each other. But then that, that is not encouraged or incentivized in capitalism. So again, why should people, why should black people be obsessed or continue to chase wealth? I feel like now when you say capitalism, you're thinking of Jeff Bezos and Bloomberg and these people, but prehistorically and historically, human beings have always been, been capitalistic, like individuals, like the monarchies that we used to have, the things that have built like the industrial revolution, all those things. Those are very capitalistic systems in like their basic form. And the reason why we have millionaires is unfortunately, capitalism is a system that rewards efficiency. And the, the like underlying systems that we had before capitalism came across were not things that gave everyone an equal chance to be efficient. So capitalism isn't isn't the issue. It's this. I feel like it's the systems and the institutions that we had before capitalism, and it's our own like emotions or like selfishness or whatever as individuals that have made us not want to fix those underlying systems. I, I feel like it's very easy to point the finger at capitalism, but okay, off with Be Bezos today and tomorrow, there'll be another thing. They'll, why is it that we have like these countries in like Europe, Switzerland, Finland, that we can all sit down and be excited about and be like, oh, they're doing so well in their socialist like ideologies. But they also have billionaires. They don't have billionaires, but they have millionaires. They have very wealthy people. Why aren't they saying eat the rich over there? Maybe they are, but not as much as in the U.S. It's because I feel like they've done the work to like deal with the underlying institutions. Capitalism does have its issues, and I'm not saying that that it's a, like a wonderful system and it's a system without flaws. But I'm I want to like point the fact that it's a very human like system, and chances are that even without capitalism, human beings will revert to some form of capitalism. So that is not the issue. Just to add to that point, um, I I pretty much agree with Akosia's point. Uh, I think we've we've gotten to this point where we're very very. Um, we like to just just dwell on the fact that uh, like we're anti anti so like anti capitalist, right? We're very very pro socialism, and if you really think about inherently, all of us that went to UBC here, right? We all went to schools that, if you really think about it, it was because of capitalism that I believe most of our parents were able to allow us to go have that education. There are people who had the opportunity but could not afford to do that, right? Why? There's innovation that is tied to capitalism, right? If you think about all the things that we benefit from as a society, people are motivated and incentivized to create because then they have a better payout. They can patent these things and make money and live better. So when we talk about and we, we tie in, or oh, as a black person, then you start to talk about community. I'm all for community, but you really need to also look at it holistically and understand the trickle-down effect of having more money in the system. If there's more money and you really think about it, more wealthy people are taxed, wealthy people are taxed more, right? So if you make, in this country, if you make a billion bucks, 
in certain provinces, the government takes more than half your money, right? And donates that, and, and it's taxed. But if you make under 100 or under 50K, you pay only a certain proportion of that money. You know, you might say in absolute terms, oh, like you still end up with more, but you worked for more, right? So uh, it's... Go, finish, finish your point, finish your point. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll respond, but finish your point. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm just trying to say, I'm not talking about, oh, I think people should, like, in the grand scheme of things, people should aspire fully towards a capitalist situation. I think most of the time, like, society, the way it is built currently, has some kind of hybrid model where there is some socialist elements where if you make under a certain amount, you don't get taxed, right? Um, I think we just need to, personally, I, I believe that capitalism helps in like on a holistic level it helps all of us more than if we went socialist because then no one is incentivized to do anything or to innovate and then that hurts us on a non-monetary level as well because then we don't improve our society nice. yeah <laughs> okay uh go ahead polly right. um so i i think that um in terms of what i in terms of um, what I was saying before, my like view on it is not necessarily that it has to be one or the other, that a government has to be either fully capitalist or fully socialist. If we take a look at Germany or Switzerland, some of the Scandinavian countries that were mentioned earlier, they have those sorts of societies and that's why they're doing way better. If we look at Germany, Germany is a very much a capitalist society, but there's free university in Germany and they are the strongest economy in in yeah they are the strongest economy in the in europe and they also have other wait 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 (laughs) i also lived in the netherlands and um there's free education there as well um it not up to in university it's subsidized um but a lot of like if you see those type of countries and how they live like people are not as consumerist as say the US or even I would say Canada. And it, the society, yeah, is capitalist, but they're all about spreading, um, closing that inequality gap. If you go to a place like, like let's just take Vancouver, for example, you, you're in Gastown, you're in a nice neighborhood, apartments are, are great, and you know, you know that people who live there have to be pretty like well well off to live in those sort of places and then one street away you're in east hastings where the inequality is just so crazy and yeah people are saying those type of people they need to you know pull themselves up by the bootstraps but there's a lot that we can do in this community in in, in vancouver and in bc in canada in general to uplift those other communities and that that is achieved by taking some elements from socialist systems. So it can be both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I will say this, like, I think when you talk about, like, people like to fetishize and, like, you know, speak about, like, Germany and, like, some of these Scandinavian countries, right? Um, I'll speak to Germany in particular. Like, do you know that they have a three-way system that by the age of, I don't know if it's 12 or 13, you know where you're going to end up. Like, you know... Yeah, they have an apprenticeship system. Exactly, right? Apprenticeship, university, um, some kind of college and university. Now, that was known to also validate certain stereotypes and immigrants would always never get to go to 
this Hauptschule or there's a word for it, right? And then gymnasium, that's their university streams. So if you talk about free education, that could also be another way that's used to oppress individuals. So to me, like the systems in themselves are not ways where you can just start to use that as a measure or that makes them a better country or a better... They're still doing better than the US in my opinion. They aren't. They aren't. From a purely, from a purely like numbers basis, the US is the biggest economy in the world. The US is the largest uh, influencer. If they decide to crumble, if they crumble, the world crumbles, right? So there's a reason why we all trade in US dollars, right? If you, if you abstract these concepts, which I know we really cannot, but if you take them as what they are, the best economy in the world is the American economy. Second is China. But truly, like we like to focus on, oh, this country is doing great. This, it, and there's elements that they've, they've, they've taken, they've done well at, but it's because they had capitalist systems in place initially, getting them to a point where now they can maybe spend some more allocate funds towards um, you know more socialist okay maybe free buses free healthcare free education but you need that initial phase that's why unfortunately our continent cannot do that currently right but that's a whole other issue I don't, I don't want to but Germany also has 83 million people and the US has 380 million people mm -hmm. so the proportion yeah, but check check the check the weighting. If you weight them, the US is still by far bigger than anywhere else in the world. Do it. Well, 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 I I think I think the um the I'll respond to a couple of things you said in it. Um, number one, how do you measure the strength of an economy? Because I think what um you were talking about is most is is primarily like how they perform compared to other countries on like a more macroeconomic. Uh, level, but I'm more so like, well, what about the level of inequality within those each each country, right? So I think Germany has lower inequality than the U.S., right? So that 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 to me is more of a reliable tell on how strong the economy is because for the U.S., at least right now, it's they're in a lot of trouble, you know, in terms of economics. They have a huge amount of debt and um, a lot of and the, the policies that they continue to 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 uh, to use to combat their, their their spending is actually contributing to making their debt even worse. And so it's looking like the economy will probably collapse. And their uh, currency, all there's so many issues that are going to um, to compromise the economy, and that is going to further worsen the quality of living in the U.S. Um, whereas Germany, they've been a little bit more careful and a, a little bit more um, disciplined with their spending and they have lower debt and, you know, they probably are going to, they will suffer, but not as bad as the U.S. So when you, when you compare, you know, these two economies, I, and, but I agree with you on the point of um, Germany's system and how it further reinforces um, the inequalities. And so actually, I think because I, I do support socialism, but I don't support it as um, a system instituted by government. So I'm not saying government should manage um, resources, should, should manage um, the economy. I'm saying that government should, um, I'm saying that we should look more into communities. And because I think communities are better equipped 
to address the problems that they face. So I think that for Black people, what we need to do is focus on our own local context. How do we come together and pool the resources that we have to build new um, systems and supports for each other? as opposed to capitalism, which does not incentivize that type of behavior. And it's all about you becoming rich, regardless of what the next man is doing. You know what I mean? So I think once now that we have those definitions, are we able to achieve that in a capitalist system where everyone is trying to get rich? Or can we now look to this form of socialism, where we're more so about collectivism, about the other person and lifting each other up? Mm -hmm. I think like another thing that's very important to notice is that these socialist communities that we look for like up to are communities that have amassed wealth with capitalism and are able to now sustain what they have with socialism. So all this like the money that Germany has the money that Finland, Belgium, whatever they have right now. It's from centuries of capitalistic like activities like colonization, slavery, monarchies, and they're able I feel like Capitalism is a like a rapid money generating system. Socialism is a maintaining system. The problem I, I feel like with black communities is that unfortunately we don't have the ability to sustain right now because we don't have much. So the more we do all this, like I feel like sustaining with socialism, we're going to grow, yes. We won't grow as fast. That's the unfortunate reality. And I'm not saying that everyone should become capitalist or like purely capitalist, um, kill your neighbor because you want their field and all those kind of things. But I feel like there are elements of capitalism that we are afraid to, like, we don't touch because we're like, oh, this whole thing is supposed to be this bad entity and we can't pick and choose. But you can. The same way you can pick and choose the things you want from socialism, you can pick and choose the things you want from capitalism and create a hybrid model. Because Capitalism as a system rewards efficiency. And that's what we need as like in black communities and in Africa. Like, cause if you think about it, let's say, let's even like narrow, remove ourselves from like um, black communities here that have to exist within the boundaries of like white systems and things that have been created outside of us. If you go back home, these systems are working in, to a larger extent, purely black communities. Are they? So I said to some extent. Oh, okay. Some extent. Let's look at let's let, let's ask the French what they're doing. <laughs> okay, okay. In Anglophone West Africa, Ghana, <laughs> the majority of our like I guess rural undeveloped um, um, communities, the individual transactions I know a farmer has with the trader are. Like, they're not as influenced by maybe what is happening in China or China's relationship with Ghana. That, I, that's why I picked these very two individual people. David, stop raising your eyebrows at me. Um, because, I don't know, what I'm trying to say is that even then, it doesn't help the other person when you're always giving to this person on credit. You're always giving to this person on credit, and you're never collecting what's due them. But then they have this understanding that, oh, okay, if I want... Um, vegetables from the farmer he'll also give me on credit and it's great and everything until you have to talk to um i don't know the bus driver next time and he doesn't accept credit right this is not a universal system we can try as much as possible to make these things a universal system but the problem is that 
people value different things more than other things. You're never going to have something that allows everyone to get access to what they value unless it's like money, some sort of quantified thing that allows you to barter what you want in exchange for something. And money is, I don't know, a capitalist like item. So there are things that you can pick and choose. But at the end of the game, I feel like, yo, we are capitalist. Um, we should stop denying that. Can I, can I jump in here? Um, David, so I think, I think one of the models, like one of the things that was said um, to me is just the human, the human basis. So in economics, they talk about the rational consumer, right? And the truth and the only thing they really are saying is that human beings are generally selfish, right? So if you think about it, we all make decisions for us. If a fire was starting in a building, you would typically go look for your immediate circle. You won't go to your neighbor's house and start asking them to leave. In that same vein, human beings, like when we talk about socialism, we kind of believe that we are one. There's this group mentality, which truly there isn't. People naturally self-preserve. Right. So from that kind of perspective, it's difficult for me to understand how like a fully socialist system could work because people, if, and maybe that's, you might say that that's nature nurture argument. If you nurture people to think of themselves as one, right. But still, it just takes one person not thinking of everyone as one for that to, to crumble. Right. And so then what happens, right. If you think about it, if I'm a doctor and I go to work and I have to study 10 years to become a doctor, and then now you're going to tell me, okay, well, we're a socialist situation, so you don't deserve to make uh, 300K, which you've worked all your you know, life off to do. And then someone is literally sitting at the bus stop all day and collects the same or similar amounts as you. Then it's, you know, it's a whole different thing we're getting into. So from a fairness perspective, I mean, I course, also mentioned how we don't have that universal, like we have money as our universal but people just don't accept things on a universal basis, right? There's different elements where it's like, people are very individualistic. That's my whole main point here, right? And so I don't think it's, it's like, I think it's ideal, but it's just unrealistic. And just to touch on your last point on the economics of like the US, I'm, I, I, I do think the way it's calculated is on like a, net present value of future cash flows basis. And you've got like a lot of dynamics playing, which means really debt is something fictional and they could write it off any day. And so because of that, you know, they will never crumble. They will always be able to borrow money, which really is printing money, which really is money is really a thing of our mind, right? It's numbers, it's literally, you know, so yeah. Pauline is, is making faces, so. <laughs> Oh, there was a slide that was just. <laughs> I'm just talking. <laughs> Over to you. Respond. You want to respond? Oh, oh, okay. My bad. Sorry. I, I, I saw you making notes and everything, so I, I know you are. Oh. <laughs> just so I don't forget. All right. Um, so again, I'm gonna say that um, from my point of view, I'm not saying that we should be fully capitalist or fully socialist. Um, I think, in fact, like, if you're pushing for, for more capitalism, I feel like Black people in a lot of communities, whether it be in the diaspora or in Africa, have the crab and barrel mentality already, where because of the limited 
amount of resources that there are to to people of color and not just black people we're already trying to crawl to bring someone down in certain situations to get up and just saying oh yeah we need to think more as a capitalist person and work with the capitalist system i think that's just going to perpetuate that mentality which is not going to end up good for anybody um because uh, like let's let's look at i'm nigerian so i know i'm surrounded by Ghanaians today but <laughs> i'm nigerian so i can speak on my people gang 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 we know that nigerians are some of the biggest hustlers in the world but the thing that i think <laughs> the thing Shout that out, hush-puppy, hush-puppy alert. <laughs> which which is a good point which is a great point um i mean like with that sort of mentality while it's great it is the epitome of a capitalist mentality there in nigeria and we know how things are going let's be honest i think a lot of people are because again economics is about allocation of um limited resources right that's what they're trying to do too everybody's trying to get their dollar everybody's trying to get their foot somewhere and so it's just it just keeps perpetuating and you keep you keep having to bring somebody else down to get to that point i also want to talk about like again on that on the socialist aspect bringing it tidbits of socialism into capitalist um system which i still think is good in terms of not good but like um helpful in terms of like um efficiency and things like that something that so i've been to the us quite a few times and when i go there i always go to a beauty supply store and something that irks me all the time when i go is that is no offense but it's run by chinese people and it's like why is it not run why is it not us that own these stores where it's catered to us that's the clientele that's who's for so it makes no sense to me but i was reading up on this and like apparently like chinese immigrants when they come in they they usually want to start businesses and they've seen that a lot of the, like the hair the wigs and stuff come from china and they've calculated how can we also live the american dream and do it however we can so what they do is like they have like this collective network of like friends or family maybe 10 10 of them and they each pool money um let's say there's 10 people and they each pool like $10,000 each into a pot and then one person goes and opens up a store and then they they can maybe get a like a line of credit or something from the bank to um to um supplement the the um cash that they've all pulled in but they won't need that much most of the money will be like equity rather than debt and that person will open up a store and once it gets to the point where they can pay that money back i think there's usually kind of like a time limit they'll put put that money back into the pot and then the next person can go so there's this like community mentality where it's like if one person's eating we're all eating and yeah you can say that's a socialist way of thinking but at the end of the day they're still using a capitalist mentality to get money i.e. opening up a store to get people like me to come in there and buy things trade a uh, 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 pay money for goods and then that's how they're they're getting their wealth but 
they still have that added cushion of like a socialist mentality to to get to that point and i think that they're essentially winning and i think we need to think more like them in that aspect i think it's funny that you use that example because even within that example the basis of it is capitalist right because you were like i'm saying both you're like if one person well well hold on a second hold, hold on a second though i think okay. i think there's this misconception that the idea of trade and commerce is like intrinsic to capitalism only trade existed before capitalism was create, created so i don't i don't think it's fair to say like I oh just because people are making capitalists and that's what i want i want us to understand is that it's very easy to call this new thing and say it existed like things existed before it but if you think about it, it existed and then these things came to pass because people have this personality. They created trade. They created commerce. So it's because everyone wants to eat. That's why we came together to pull our, put our money together. It's because we as human beings are intrinsically capitalists. That's why we want to trade because I don't... Yeah, but, want- but why are we calling that capitalist though? Yeah, we want to trade because we all want to survive. That's that's why we we all want to. I don't think it's a we. I don't think it's a we because it's 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 the I. So no, individually, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's like the I precedes the we, which means that then capitalism is preceding socialism, right? So that's been the argument. It's like if I don't eat, I don't care about us eating. Do you get me? It's not the other way around. But it's easier for me to eat if other people eat as well so i know so know that, that i'm gonna benefit people is because you know that if we all eat i eat too there's nothing wrong with that and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that yeah. acknowledge we're saying which is the function of what so which is the independent which is the dependent variable right? and the dependent variable here it's a very chicken and an egg situation and we'll go back and forth i think what we've said is and i agree with pauline is that those i feel like these two things are not independent things i feel like we need to understand that we can bring elements of both together um but i also want to stress on the fact that you were right capitalism is not a system that like fixes problems it augments problems like if you have inequality if you have tribalism like in west africa especially west african countries it's going to make that even like greater it's going to make the flaws and the issues that come from that even greater socialism on the other hand will not augment the problem, but it will cover the problem and make you feel like it's not there. Some people may say, like my dad likes to say, I want to see where the issue is so that I don't go there. Some people like to say, oh, I like to pretend like the issue isn't there at all, like US and Canada and racism. But anyways, so it's like pick and choose, but the issues are still there. Capitalism isn't doing anything, it's making it worse, or it's making, it's drawing your attention to the fact that there is a problem. Socialism is making you live your life and make you believe that there isn't a problem. I don't know what black people want, but these are the two options. And this is what isol- like isolating these two systems will bring to them. I think we should have conversations more about how we can bring them together instead of fighting and saying, oh, not capitalism, oh, not socialism. Let's, let's make our own systems, right? Because these systems haven't been working for us anyways. Why are we picking and choosing fan city? I feel like your system their like institution is a very capitalist institution. It's, it's playing the game within the corporate system that we have right now. But at the basis of it, and as like an operative, they're a very socialist institution. They know where to draw the line, in my opinion. Maybe they're not doing it perfectly, 
but they're doing it. And that's like a symbol of innovation and innovation that helps communities. Um, just to, to touch on that point, it's a credit union. So basically every credit union has that kind of mantra, right? They're not meant to, they're not for profit, they're for the benefit of their members. So then it's almost like intrinsically, they would be that way, right? Um, Fair enough. I'm talking about like credit unions and I just said Advanced because it's the closest one. No, okay. As a system, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but, but then again, I, I'll give you an example. There's a reason why credit unions aren't as big, if you think about it. If, they, if people cared about us to get that much, they should be running to credit unions. They have better rates. You get better returns. No, they want to be in the banks, right? Because at the end of the day, it kind of propagates. But I'm, I'm, you're right. We shouldn't be focusing on that argument. I think I had, I had a couple of questions, um, points to add to Pauline. Pauline, you said you spoke about community, right? And I think the main barrier to progress, economic progress, is trust. As a community, the Black community does not trust each other, right? We don't come together to do things. If we do, we look at it as a competition. We typically, and this is in general, right? This is not a oh, generalization. This is just saying, hey, like most times, if I see people coming together to work together on, on any kind of venture, Someone looks at and says, oh, I, I can do that to myself. We don't put money together and say, okay, let's buy an apartment. Let's, let's, let's start a business together, right? And it's difficult. Like when you see somebody doing that to actually promote and purchase those things, even if it's more expensive than the cheaper option. No, we'll go to Amazon. We'll, girls, you'll be pulling up on AliExpress. No shade. But yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, your local hairdresser is making Weeds for y'all pulling up on. They don't manufacture the weeds. I was just saying, where do you get your hair from? Where do you get your hair from? Where do you get your hair from, Pauline? Just let me but, know. But they manufacture you, it in China. Not all of them, though. Not all yes, of them. All of them. When you saw these weave sets that, like, that are. Yes. Use this <laughs> okay. example, though. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. But, but my. My, my point my point is my point is it comes down to the fact that we really don't come together to do things and when we do and when people do we kind of even if we're giving feedback to the thing where, where like that is being put out we don't then promote like give we don't take feedback well i see like if someone is saying oh I don't know if this thing is great. You hear it as hate. People think, oh, they're hating on my thing or they don't want to support. But sometimes to listening to the community that you're going to serve is the main way, right? Product management, they'll tell you, listen to your customer, right? Um, so I think those are some of the key things. We don't come together. We should do more that, you know, trust needs to improve. And pulling to your point on Nigeria, I think there's more to it, you know. It's more of a function of things like overpopulation, education, you know, it's not like a, 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 a like a singular issue. It's like multi-variant. You know, so so yeah, I, I think we kind of should look at this thing more full full circle and how we can come together and build trust within, which is where the starting point is. All right, all right. So so um, <clears throat> I, I think another you you guys are actually making my point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, Thank honestly, you. like. You're honestly, you're honestly making my point because the the the, the main issue that that um, we we see with because you say oh socialism it's 
um, like Akose said, that it, it covers problems. But for example, when you talk about capitalism, how, how are you going to start a business in a community that, that can't afford your products? Like that's, that's just purely like thinking from that point. So how do, we, how do we create a new system where we're incentivizing people to pull resources, to come together, to lift each other up so that we can all thrive together. And then you don't have to move out of your neighborhood, but you can buy a house in your neighborhood and increase property values in a way which everyone can afford together because we're all doing well. So yes, I know human beings are selfish, but how do we incentivize the better parts of ourselves to say, hey, look, most of us are not doing so well. Do you want a system where one or two of us can succeed or all of us can succeed together so that we can, we can, um, we can then pass that on and build the generational wealth that we need to build? Um, now, on the point of socialism, I think one aspect that people um, feel with socialism is that it does not create wealth, that it just, it's just about redistributing wealth. There, there are ways that you can still engage in commerce and trade in a social, socialist, um, socialist society, for example, through cooperatives, right? So um, cooperative democratize the workplace where everyone, the, the work and um, profits are shared by all um, employees and everyone has an, an equal say and share in the, in the company or enterprise or whatever. That is, it has capitalistic um, um, aspects in that you are still engaging in trade, you're still in, you innovating, you're doing, you're doing things um, that are, could be seen as capitalist, but you're doing them together and you're making sure that everyone is sharing in the profits. Because in a capitalist society, you're going to work and you're selling your labor to someone to make them richer. So you get to feel that, oh, you're working hard, right? And that's, that's what I get frustrated in capitalist societies. Like, oh, they say, you know, work hard, work as hard as you can, and you'll be okay. No, you're not going to, most people are not going to be okay, regardless of how hard they work. And some of the hardest working people in society are poor. They work multiple jobs and they're not making any money. So is it about working harder or working smarter? Or is it about being born into wealth? Because most people who are wealthy were born into that wealth, right? So we're, we're sold this idea in capital societies that, you know, you, you just have to work hard, that pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but it's not true. You're probably not going to be rich. You're probably not going to be a billionaire. It's mostly going to be the same group of mostly white people who have all the money and they're going to keep it. They're not going to redistribute it. It's not going to trickle down. So and the government isn't going to save us as well. So as Black people, I'm going to bring it back to Black communities. How do we then say, okay, we can't rely on the government. We can't rely on rich people. How do we pull ourselves together and say, let's engage, let's innovate, let's innovate together. And I agree with Nene, yes, that, that crabs in a bucket mentality is created because we are minorities and we feel that they won't, they won't let all of us come up together. So we must be the one who comes up, right? So we end up fighting against each other for only one or two spots. Um, but how do, we, how do we change our mindsets to instead start working together and as collectives? Because uh, also just like perpetuating capitalism, I mean, even something like the healthcare system in the US, it's privatized. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And you can see how COVID really shone a light on just the the inefficiencies in the, oh, 
I was gonna ask you, is it is it is it public in Nigeria? Because I don't think it is. Oh, that's a problem too. Uh, that's a problem too. Nigeria too is, is not is Nigeria is definitely not a socialist society. It's definitely capitalist. Um and that is a big problem. Um so so but like if you look like at a place like um Canada or Scandinavian countries, you can see that because healthcare system, I mean, you can see that it's it's um people are able to benefit from those type of systems more and there's there's less people dying when people know that they don't have to stress about uh, um getting access to to just like a right to to have good medical care um they're they're like um emotional level and their mental levels like it's it's just more alleviated and so they can actually put more energy and more money into investing in themselves investing in if they want to start a business or something like that they know that that money doesn't have to go into like ridiculous amounts of of um bills medical bills and things like that so that can benefit individuals and i think also um i've been hearing also like things about how people are selfish and all that stuff, and that's totally true but i think there's also something to be said about when you know which which is why education is also a really big thing that that needs to be done we need to educate our community on that if we all win each person will win too so uh, like it, it we need to like understand and get into that mentality that like if we're all able to pull together our power we will be stronger to fight the system like when when you're protesting it's not one person with a board that's gonna make a difference it's people together and when you're helping everybody then it'll benefit each person as well so yeah that's really all i have to say on that I wanted to respond to like two things. Like one thing that David said about the lot, like the lottery of birth. And I had this professor who said like, we used to say there's always going to be inequality because first of all, people have different talents, different affinities for things. And people um, like do things better than other people. That's always going to be a thing. We can give everyone the same like access to wealth at their birth, same access to education. There'll always be people that will be wealthier than others just because we also live in a society of demand and supply and people like prioritize other things more than other things. Unfortunately, that's why we have overpaid NBA players because people like to be excited and watch matches. Uh, on the other hand, um, you said a, like a big thing. We can talk on like a community, like on a country based thing and be like, Oh, like the U S doesn't have um, a public based system. It has a private based health system and that's unfortunate and that's bad which is true like but on the other hand you can also look at places where privatization has caused a lot of it, like efficiency for example i'm going to talk about education in ghana privatization has done more for most ghanaians than a lot and and i know you're going to talk about it. it's like oh no but only a few people can afford those schools fair enough that's true but the actual quality of the things that you're putting out there is much better than the free thing. And the reason why I'm saying that those things can coexist is that the legislation that the government brings up should support the privatization of these like entities. If you have more of these privatized things, supply exceeds demand, 
they have to reduce their fees, right? If you, you get what I'm trying to say, if you have legislation that puts a price ceiling on things and you privatize everything, but they can't go higher than a certain amount, they're giving out good quality because they do now it's more of a, a quantities game than like, um, and they have to maintain quality. You amass more wealth by having more people to your, your like, I don't know, your corner than just like giving a few people good things at a very high price. That's like, as you said, a good example of things working together. Um, but that's at a country level. And I think the, the question here for black communities is that unfortunately we have to work in like communities. We're not existing like as a country and we can't think bigger picture and have legislation and things like that. But I feel like maybe it's time to think of like a black tax that we pay to ourselves. Um, and that's also in itself a very socialist concept. Like tax is a very socialist concept anyways. When you are of some sort of like well-offness, you should be able to put aside some amount of your wealth to help. Oh, I know Nana is shaking my head at me. Uh, shaking his head at me, go away. <laughs> you should be able to put some money aside. It doesn't have to be all of it, but the same way you, you, we do taxes within like all these countries and where some people are happy to pay taxes and they understand that it keeps the capitalist like machine running, you should be able to pay those same taxes to your community and not feel as terrible as uh, like about it. And I don't know, maybe when we have our own internal governments that redistribute this wealth to people that need it, or maybe we think about it in a different way. Um, but I think that's one thing that we should like have conversations about more. Um, because as a community, there's very little you can do, right? We can educate more people, as Pauline said, but that's also, we should understand that that's going to take a while. And I think what Black people have to understand is that if we are not trying to do things the way our like, white masters used to do it, we need to know that we are going to be here for a while, unfortunately. Um, and we need to be ready to do that, in my opinion. I think the, the way the system is set up right now already taxes um, wealthier people. So there's already more, uh, more of a burden on a percentage basis on those people than, again, case in point, we have progressive tax, right? So that's, that's what I'm saying. It already does that. And then it was saying that, oh, like we already have progressive tax. And what progressive tax does is that when you're wealthier, you, um, you pay more tax numerically. But also rich people cause, as you said, in a capitalist, um, capitalist system, there's a lot of inefficiency. We create a, um, rich people create a lot of inefficiency um, that can be necessarily quantified in numerical terms, right? The fact that you're richer than someone just makes them feel emotionally more distraught. Um, they can't go to work the next day because they feel like what they're contributing to society doesn't amount to much. There's a lot of like sickness that dwells from just the mental illness and like the issues that form from that feeling small in your own community that as economists, people haven't been able to quantify for a very long time. So even though we're taxing them more, there's this whole other realm of like taxing that should be done that we can't actually quantify. So even though we say we're taxing rich people more, we aren't actually taxing them what we should be taxing them because they're causing more inefficiency to society than we can actually like conceptualize, if that makes sense. So and are, 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 we, yeah. are we taxing, we're, we're taxing their, their income, right? Not, not really their yeah. wealth. Yeah. So yeah. that's why a lot of them, they don't even have, like they'll declare zero, like they have, they didn't make any money this year or they, they hoard their wealth in stocks or offshore banks. You know, so their wealth is stored somewhere else that we can't reach. And so most of most of the money that they're getting taxed on, they probably don't even want to use it anymore. 
Yeah, Pauline, are you are you gonna go? Or... Okay. Um, so I I agree. I agree that it, it's the system is designed that way. I'm I'm purely talking about like on a on the money that exists, and if we were following the rules, right, on an accounting basis, and I'm not talking opportunity cost because we really cannot look at that. If you really want to also think about the weights that is on the people that make a lot of money, they can also argue, hey, like I have so much money, I'm in charge of making so many major decisions. This is also weighing on my mental. I, I'm just saying that when you start talking about things that are not tangible. The CEO doesn't do as much mental, like they, they get that marginal like increase in wealth because of the mental work they have to do. It already compensates for that. But you don't compensate for the less work that someone has to do. You don't give someone more money because they're doing, they don't have the opportunity to do more work. No one gives someone more money because they can't find a job in like the market after COVID-19. I don't know. Sorry. Go on. Um, I, I agree. I'm, I'm just trying to say like, I, I'm trying to, this argument, I'm trying to scope it to most like something, things we can actually quanti quantify because if we want to, I, I, I appreciate the acknowledgement of that and I acknowledge it myself, but I'm saying that when we start delving into that, we will never be able to you know, come to a consensus. Um, another point, Pauline mentioned education. I think education, the education systems we have currently actually promote capitalism because if you look at all of us here, we're all university grads, right? If we come out of school, we expect to make more money than high school graduates. If we get a master's degree, we expect to make more money than expect to make more money than bachelors and if we get phds we expect to probably make more because we know more you hear me so in in, in all those systems it's enforcing things that show like you believe that you know more right or you understand the way things work more so then you're we and we as a society act like put a lot of value on things like oh that person has a phd in blah right so even though we're all individuals who have singular points of view, which should probably be viewed equally. We give more value to Dr. Fauci because he has learned more, he has had more experience. Like, do you get me? So in that sense, I'm saying the education system does kind of, there's some correlation to capitalism there. Secondly, I believe that one thing we're not speaking about is quality. We, we compromise quality when we actually focus on more socialist systems i'm saying from a health perspective if we went to like if you look at canada's public health situation right the issue isn't necessarily oh canada's public health situation is better truly there's a shortage of medical professionals you get me there just is and so you can have free access to healthcare but if you have to spend 12 hours in the hospital because you have a, um, a crazy migraine or you cut your finger and you're still sitting there for 12 hours waiting for them to give you tylenol or tell you, you know what I mean? Whereas you could actually be more efficient and pay and, you know, see someone immediately. Then, you know, we, we, we can't get that. People who actually have believed that, hey, like I've worked my off and I believe that, you know, I, I, I've, I'm one of the best and people who actually can afford me can come. Then it's like we, we compromise quality education, right? People can pay for Ashesi University in Ghana which is considered like one of the best. They produce talent. They, people who are smart go there. They, they, there's synergies there. And we also don't quantify those synergies, right? SOS, if you take that high school, the people it's produced, 
they go to top universities, they are some of the people that are pioneering is initiatives in Ghana that are, you know, helping the whole, um, what do you call it, like things like um, Year of Return, right? The people that were spearheading that, some of them went to that school. So I'm trying to say, at the end of the day, we cannot look at, we can't also not acknowledge the benefits that capitalism brings. To me, I would rather have quality and then there's a trickle-down effect, not just of money, of economic benefit and like, you know, just efficiencies that come from it. That's a society we all benefit from, right? And again, as I mentioned, things like um, patents and things that eventually make our lives better as a society, as humanity. And I think capitalism promotes that. So I would um, rather not have quality, you know. Okay, so I have a few things to say. Um, just uh, you mentioning uh, SOS, um, and those type of schools. Um, so again, like I said, I lived in the Netherlands and it, with these type of education things, it also is down to the, the type of government that we have. Because over there in the Netherlands, education, like I said, is free and the public schools are free and very much quality education. Very Can I ask you a question? Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Is that a private school? Yes, and I went to a private school actually, and the private schools are really just for international kids. I mean, some Dutch kids do go to the, the international schools, the ones that are very much wealthy, they go to those schools. But really, private school, you will really only see it being immigrants. Like there's the British school, there's the American school, there's the international And most Dutch, most Dutch kids go to public schools and we know that their uh, uh, education system is A1. So, and that is because the government cares about the, it has foresight to see that we produce good, good, good citizens with good education, then they will, it'll return not just in terms of the economy, but also their generations to come. So I, I feel like there's a bit of a fallacy in that. And like, it, it really does depend on the, on the government. Can I, can I ask a question there? To begin? <laughs> sorry, sorry, David, I'm sorry I'm interrupting. But I'm just trying to see, are you still saying that the quality of education in public school and private school are equal in the Netherlands? Um, yes, I would say they're very much on par. Um, yeah, I would say that. I mean, there, there, because there's like some additional little sprinkles in private schools, like maybe they get to go on more trips and blah, blah, blah. Sure, you could say that. But when it comes down to it, like the quality of the education, the book is all the same. Um, and then with the thing about the year of the return that you talked about, how like a lot of, um, you know, people in private school, they're able to give, you have to acknowledge too that the year of the return, something like that is also for an upper class type of person that can benefit from that. So some of these things that people are coming up with, the people who are still at the bottom do not benefit from the, these um, uh, social things. And then also, um, you talked, to, someone talked about, oh, oh, also one thing that I wanted to 
says about the education thing also, I, when I spoke about it earlier, I wasn't really talking about like schools. I was more talking about like people in the black community educating each other. So if you think about someone like people in positions of power, like a Diddy, like a Jay-Z, I, I know LeBron has started, started a school, um, but it doesn't even really have to be as formal as that. It could be like some sort of like program, like an after school program, something like that, where you're educating kids on taxes, on, on financial health, financial li literacy, um, how to navigate the world, also trying to instill in them that you need your brothers, you need your sisters to move up in this world. Don't neglect them when you get up to a point in the world where you feel like you're doing good for them. You know, you started from here, acknowledge that you can also give back to the people coming up behind you. And seeing those type, hearing those types of um, teachings and lessons from people in positions of power in the black community just solidifies and uh, uh, um, really, sh I would say will we'll like ha add a, a whole layer of credibility um, to, to that type of rhetoric when speaking to especially the younger generations. So it doesn't have to be a, a formal thing. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say on that. Yeah, I think to add on to what you said, I think you're like really, um, yes and no, I agreed and disagreed with you. So the year written, yeah, did have his issues. Like, honestly, I'm not a fan. I have, I've made my point very vocal several times. But it did help. Uh, you, you, you didn't make it to, uh, to Bloomberg. Oh, please. I, my mother, if I even see the doors of Bloomberg, it will be a day. <laughs> um, but it did, I feel like it helped people. It helped people that weren't of an upper class as well, just because of the, the second, like, aspect to it and that was like a big thing about the hospitality and the service aspect to it ghana is a very service drawn country and those things are not necessarily upper class um jobs or upper class i guess affinities so it did help people despite its other flaws it wasn't just upper class people what i wanted to agree with you and disagree with nene on saying is that he said oh sos um created all these minds and all these people spearheading things but the only reason why these people got to be in sos in the first place is because of the, the fact that they were really rich right because let's be real there are brilliant people that come out of Ghanaian public schools and fancy pim like my my brother went to fancy pim um Prisek, all these things even these brilliant minds we gave them a day in sos let's be real we you and i wouldn't even be sitting here they would overrun us with the kind of talent and knowledge that they have. The problem we have here is giving everyone an opportunity and like equal opportunity access to things like SOS. And yes, we can have private schools the way Pauline had in the Netherlands. The issue is that, and I think the benefit the Netherlands has is that the private schools and the public schools, they were different in quality, but they weren't that different in quality. Our issue is to close the gap. We don't know. We don't, we cannot eliminate the gap. There'll always be a gap. But it's to make the fact that if I'm not as rich as David, my life won't be terrible. It will be just maybe a bit worse, maybe not as good as David's. But I won't be crying and trying to get good health care or even Tylenol as David is going somewhere, maybe in Boomba. Facts. He's just balling out, you know? Let's see, I'm, try I'm, try I'm trying to get my, uh, my ticket. Trying to be, I'm trying to be in Ghana this, this December. This December? Really? Wow. Listen, corona or no corona, I'm going. 
and the incentive for people like David, who maybe are marginally more innovative than I am, will be that little push, that little push. That, that is still capitalism. There will be an incentive that he can have a slightly better life. But as a human being, his like quality of life will not be so drastic that I won't even think I'm a human being in the first place. I think that's what we need to get at as black people because obviously when we're when we've been put as black people on a whole and white people on the other side, their level of living has been so drastically different from ours that I don't even know if it's a gap or it's just like two different worlds altogether, honestly. So I don't know, it's something to think about. And I think Pauline is right with education. But I also think it reinforces the fact that people need to get to a certain, like, I don't know, area of wealth before they can do those things. And I don't know if that's sustainable as well, because then they need to want to have to do those things. They need to have those qualities that they're trying to teach these kids before they even have it, like before they do it themselves, before they even got taught themselves, right? They never got taught, but they're trying to teach them. They need to have it themselves before they can teach them. And I don't know if that's something we can burden someone with. It's a very, I don't know, troubling situation. <laughs> but people are already doing that. And also yeah, it starts it. with one person mentoring, let's say even 10 people. Then I feel like there's more likely, there's a more likely chance that at least five of those 10 will want to also pass that on. And then five of those other 10 of each of them, I want to pass it on. And it, yeah, it's it, not everybody has that mentality, but yeah. at least if a few people do, there'll be more of a trickle effect. I, I hate saying trickle down effect. I know, I agree. And like, I think as black people, we need to pull into the fact that maybe it can't be one person doing it on their own. Like maybe we can't rely on LeBron alone to give us like 10% of his income yearly. But maybe if like you, Pauline, give us 0.01% of your income and like um, David does that and then LeBron comes with 0.01% of his income, we can create a fund where if someone decides to do that thing, they don't need to solely rely on themselves to like pull the resources together and the income to like facilitate that process. And I think maybe that's what we need to look forward to. But it's still like we're creating, we need to create external income sources before we can achieve that. But even that black, what you're talking about right now, is more of a socialist thing. Oh, I don't think it's against socialism. I just said they like work with the hybrid model. I've been seeing this from the very beginning. I like the push towards like creating funds and like everyone like educating people to want to help other people. But the thing is, it's still on an individual basis. It's like if I decide that I want to do that, doesn't make that right like if i personally believe that look i'm i'm making my money and it's about me truly i don't owe anybody anything and i'm i'm not saying that this is what i personally believe but i cannot fault someone who doesn't share in those ideals just because i do right like i'm just trying to say let's talk about like i think that's a philosophy one philosophy and it might be a great approach but i don't think that is the right approach. I think, honestly, at the end of the day, it's more about, and, and that's why I personally believe in, in individuals who have those kind of beliefs becoming wealthy, aspiring to wealth, because then you can open these kind of funds and then you literally open the criteria around that to be, you know, to allow for, for that um, growth and that trickle down to happen. 
right? Case in point, Serena opening some kind of venture fund, LeBron opening that, because the kind of reach that those people have in absolute terms, of course, you're saying 1.01% of LeBron's income. That is dramatically more than, I believe, all of ours combined, right? So then the impact is there. I believe when, when you do things, um, and I'm not saying like, oh, like we shouldn't do it as a community. And no, I think it's, it's, it's fine and dandy to do that. But then I think it also opens the point where then people who don't do it then feel lesser than, and, oh, I'm not contributing to this fund, blah, blah, blah. But everyone's situation is different. And some people just don't have that need to. People find different ways to support the community. Someone might give their time, right, in kind, and that's fine. Right, so that's that, you know. Um, and I'm talking about like trickle down economic impact, right? Look, if I make a billion dollars in earnings, right, like in, in the year, the amount I contribute to the economy is way more than people who are making 50, 60K are contributing to the economy, right? And unfortunately, the government gets to determine what happens with that money. So to me, like, I honestly still believe that the more you do, you know, like the more you make really does push for that. I, and I think maybe also tying into the fact that we probably need to be able to choose what kind of, and I, I'm a big fan of being able to allocate where your money goes to. And it's something that has been actually debated where like you can pay tax and then maybe there's just some minimums that are there, but you can say, okay, I want more money to go towards education of X. And like you can do certain things like that, right? So that then you don't feel like the government gets to decide and then you're like, and the government's, uh, you know, messy and they get to, you're literally making your money efficient and then they know these are the minimums you set and they will always be hit. But then the society also gets to decide which aspect of the economy they prefer on a personal level, right? So I think those are some solutions I can see. Um, but Again, truly, like Akosia said, fairness does not exist at the end of the day. We, people have more aptitudes. People will be better than people. People will be, you know, more gifted. And because of that, equality as a full concept um, is difficult. And so socialism also becomes difficult. Okay. Um... Well, well, we'll wrap up. This has been a good discussion. I think my, my, final, my final point is that um, billionaires are immoral, eat the rich. Um, <laughs> Not eat the rich. Eat them, eat them with salt and pepper. Anyway, um, but, but thank you guys. Thank you guys for, um, for joining again for this episode. Um, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. And thank you to everyone for listening or watching us. Um, I hope uh, you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you did enjoy it, be sure to give the video a like or, again, five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts will help us out. And um, you can also leave a comment and make sure you're following us on social media, either on Instagram or Facebook, at Unbox Show. So. That's it for today. Thank you and uh, see you next time.